So Allah just made a major proclamation in Quran to Bani Israel. The deal is off. They are no longer his chosen people. What's this all of a sudden though? Shouldn't they have received a warning first? Welcome back to the one podcast you need to destroy Islam with mere words. You see, we Muslims, we follow the strangest and most strict of rituals. From performing a special prayer during a solar eclipse to outlawing gambling of all shapes and forms. We do not do this because it makes sense. We do this because 1400 years ago, an illiterate Arabian shepherd received a message from beyond the veil, from mankind's maker and benefactor, in the name of Allah, the Rahman, the Merciful. The Quran is nothing short of miraculous. It is composed of the most beautiful Arabian words ever uttered. It is actually sung, not read. Quran has been stumping Arabian poets for 1400 years. No one could bring its equal. Quran also has a magnificent scope. From the creation of the day and night cycle specifically for mankind to the dreams of the Pharaoh or Pharaoh of Egypt. The Quran challenges you to disprove it. Check out episode 5 of this podcast if you haven't already. If you claim this is only a fabrication by this Arab shepherd, then you must be able to outdo him. Bring about a single surah of its likeness and you win. Call on your theologians, your historians, your poets, use your computers, your AIs and your PhDs. Use anything and anyone under Allah's sky. If you can't beat a single illiterate Arabian shepherd, and you won't, then you must see that this is beyond human, and therefore from Allah. To recap, last episode we started with a detailed review of the covenant of Bani Israel. We heard very specific commandments, taking no deities besides Allah, being absolutely perfect to their parents, kin, the orphans and the poor, uh, to treat any and all of mankind with kindness, to perform salah and give away the zakah, But these orders they have turned their backs on. When confronted about them, they are cagey. They give give no, no definitive answers. Very well. What about the part in your covenant that makes it absolutely forbidden to kill those of your faith or evict them from their homelands? This they acknowledge and bear witness to. And then the tone immediately changes. And so, here you are killing and evicting those of your faith from their homelands. You rally against them in sin and transgression, and if they are come before you captives, you ransom them. When it was forbidden for you to evict them in the first place, do you take of the book what you will and leave what you will? And so Allah made them a proclamation. Leaving any part of the covenant is akin to leaving the entire covenant. If you dare do so, you will be disgraced in this life. And in the next one, you will be allotted to the worst of torments. And don't think, because you're not immediately punished, that Allah is unaware of what you do. And so Allah tells us, those are the ones who purchased this lesser life for the eternal one. And so they will never be relieved of their torments. Like a piece of wood thrown without a care to fuel a fire. Only that fire and their torments are eternal. And verily, Allah has given them every reason not to fail. Musa was given the book and came to them a chain of messengers after him, one after the other, all the way to a very famous name, Isa ibn Maryam, or Jesus son of Mary as per the repurposed English name. This here is the final word of Allah on the matter of Isa ibn Maryam, the resolution to the dispute between the two factions of Bani Israel. Isa son of Maryam was the last of the prophets of Bani Israel. Allah has given him irrefutable signs and aided him with spirit of the holiness. Subsequently, Those who called him a liar and attempted to murder him were the evil faction of Bani Israel who aims to hijack and twist the message of Allah for their own nefarious ends.
And this here is when we hear the admonishment. Allah asks them, Isn't it true that whensoever came to you a messenger with what fancies not yourselves, that you can't take to deities besides Allah, or rally with others against your own brethren in faith, killing and displacing them, that you cannot choose what to follow the book of Allah, you showed arrogance. Some of those messengers you gave the lie to, and some you murdered. And so, when Ben Israel hear these things, when they come face to face with this reality, they show righteous indignation. No, we are not doing so for earthly gains. Our hearts are pure. Those were not messengers of Allah that we killed. They were charlatans claiming to be prophets of Allah. Nay, Allah tells us. Allah cursed them for their own misdeeds. They rarely, truly submit their hearts in peace to Allah. With that, let's start our next episode. Ayah 89 And as came to them a book from Allah, attesting to what's with them, and beforehand they used to invoke conquest over those who kafaru. And so when come to them what they recognized, they kafaru of it. And so Allah's damnation be on the kafirin. And so Allah tells us, they used to war against those who didn't share their faith. And if they lost in these wars, they told those who defeated them, look, there will come a new message from Allah. We will embrace it and we shall conquer you all. The Arabic word here is yastaftihuna, which means to invoke divine conquest, um, something in a war. Okay, but, but, but wait one minute. So Bani Israel were awaiting a new messenger from Allah. I mean, it makes sense. We should have realized this from the ayah that told us they were getting one messenger after the other. But then again, they were expecting someone specific. It is one thing to prepare in case guests suddenly show up at your door. It is a completely different thing to be hosting people over dinner. You know they are coming unless something goes wrong. The next part is also very clear. فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ مَا and so as came to them what they identified. This Arabic form is used when you identify something with a specific feature. So imagine if I told you, wait here until a man with a large birthmark on his shoulder shows up, then bring him to me. So then they identified this Quran as the word of Allah they were expecting with specific traits, features, or attributes. And so when they did identify Quran as the message they were expecting, they somehow, for some reason, kafaru or covered themselves of it. This is mind-boggling. If they were awaiting this Qur'an, to the point that whenever they lost to, to, to some people who did not share their faith, and those people would mock them, would say, for example, where is your, where you, your God, or you believe in a magical guy in the sky, or whatever, they used to threaten those people with conquest and murder once they received this new message, this Qur'an. When it finally came, why on earth would they cover themselves and act as if they haven't seen it? Regardless of their reasons, Allah tells us, Allah's damnation beyond the kafirin, Allah's damnation fell on those who chose to cover themselves of Allah's light. Now, obviously, this is not for all of them. Some of them did submit and become Muslims. This ayah demands we stop and ponder some more questions about Bani Israel's relationship with Allah. Wasn't it their thing to receive messengers of Allah, one after the other, performing miracles, literally ripping apart the seas and drowning their enemies? Where are those messengers today? It's been 2,000 years since the last known messenger of Bani Israel, who is Isa ibn Maryam, who not all of them accept, by the way. 
didn't they wonder why did the chain of messengers break? You know, if you are receiving monthly phone calls from your parents, wouldn't you question what happened if the calls suddenly stopped coming in? Uh, Me personally, unless my parents warned me beforehand that look, something came up and we won't be able to call for a while, I would practically hop on the first airplane and check if they are okay. And to Allah, of course, is the highest of examples. How do the Bani Israel of modern day explain this? Did Allah abandon them 2,000 years ago? Are they still the people of Allah? If yes, why isn't Allah sending them messengers anymore? Considering that not all of them except that Isa ibn Maryam was a messenger of Allah, who was the last messenger right before Isa ibn Maryam? Did that messenger tell them that he was the last one? That no further word will come from Allah? We now know the answer. The ayah tells us they were expecting this Quran specifically. They were so sure of its coming that they used to threaten others with conquest once it came. If they claim otherwise, then they are stuck in a catch-22. Why do you believe what you believe if you haven't received word from Allah through the normal route in 2000 years? This also forces another question to the forefront. If they were specifically awaiting this Quran with features and attributes that cannot be mistaken, this surely implies they knew of and were expecting the coming of Al-Masih Isa ibn Maryam or the Messiah Jesus son of Mary as he is known in the Western world. If they identified Quran with its features, they have surely identified Isa ibn Maryam with his features. So why then did they attempt to murder him? And if they claim that Isa son of Maryam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was not a legitimate messenger of Allah, then are they still awaiting the arrival of the Messiah or the Al-Masih for more than 2,000 years? Let's let's read a bit more and find out. Ayah 90 Pittance is what they traded for their souls. To yakfuru of what Allah brought down, covetous, that Allah would bestow down of his boon on whomsoever he pleases of his own slaves. And so they attained anger over anger, and to the kafirin, torments, demeaning. Okay, now, pittance is not an ideal translation. The Arabic word here is bi'sama, which is used to, to denigrate something, if, as if to say, look at that rock bottom of a man, or look at that lowly thing. There is no stronger condemnation, criticism, or put down in Arabic than the word bi'sa. So the beginning of the ayah translates to lowest of the low, worst of the worst, is what they traded their souls for, is the how they traded their souls for. So their act of covering themselves from Allah's light after they have recognized it was the equivalent of selling their souls. For they have covered themselves of what Allah brought down because they are covetous out of spite, begrudging that Allah would bestow down of his boon on whomsoever he pleases of his slaves. Okay, so that's why. Now, covetous is not an ideal translation. The Arabic word here is baghiyan. It means to transgress against someone in a very bad way. It means to want for something that belongs to another. It means to cheat someone of their uh, of his right or property. In other words, they have kafaru of what they identified to be the true message of Allah because they presumed that the next messenger of Allah would be of their own tribe. This is again tribal. They couldn't bear to see the message of Allah come through another people. Remember, they have delusions of grandeur. They are special and they are saved. There was no way for Allah to bestow down of his boon on on anyone else. They have recognized the message. They just didn't approve of Allah's choice of messenger. And to that I would say, wow, who died and made you king?
they think to dictate to Allah what he does. They dare question what Allah, who is in their own religion, just as it is in Islam, the creator of the heaven and the earth. They dare question that Allah. How would that Allah bestow of his own boon on whomsoever he pleases of his own creations? The choice of words in the ayah conjures an image. The Arabic form is min fadlihi ala man min ibadih, which is a word for word translation of of his own boon on whomsoever he wills or pleases of his slaves. In Arabic, these sentences are used in one situation. Uh, imagine if you are used to giving money to a poor man in your neighborhood. Uh, one day you see more poor people and so you give off your money, your money to all of them. Imagine your response if the very first poor person just showed up one day to your house demanding that you give him all of the money and not to the others. Now, a better analogy would involve something lesser like maybe, you know, white chickens arguing and demanding that you give them all the chicken feed and not those other new brown chickens. Me, personally, the only question that would come to my mind is how come the food is talking back to me? And to Allah, of course, is the highest of examples. Note again the use of the word ibadihi or his slaves. We are all equal in the eyes of Allah. Creations, things, slaves. This is an important aspect of Quran and, of Quran and Islam. Arabs are not special. Bani Israel are not special. No single person is special, including the man receiving this message. Nothing to him, his children or his tribe. The only difference is that he gets the title of messenger along with slave. Let's go back to the ayah. And so they have attained anger over anger. And to those prideful ones, demeaning torments await. Ayah 91. And if said to them, Aminu of what Allah brought down, said they, Nu'minu of what was brought down to us, and they yakfuruna of what is after it. And it is the truth attesting to what is with them. Say, So why did you murder prophets of Allah beforehand if you are mu'mineen? And if they are told, Come, don't damn yourselves. Aminu. Submit your hearts in peace to what Allah brought down. They say, no, look, we're sorry. We just cannot accept and submit to this message. Uh, we can only accept and submit to what is brought down to us. We are the official people of Allah. We will only accept direct communication to us. Even though this message is clearly legitimate, even as we see it is the truth, attesting to what we have in hand, we would reject it because it didn't come to us directly. Very well, Allah tells us, Respond to them with the following question. So why then did you murder prophets of Allah beforehand if you are truly accepting and submitting to what was brought down to you? There did come to you prophets of Allah, of your own tribes and clans, with irrefutable signs. Why then did you murder them if you are only accepting and submitting your hearts to messengers of yourselves? So Allah is revealing this to us. They are obviously lying. Is there a more famous attempt to murder anyone in recorded history than their attempt on the life of Isa, son of Maryam? Wasn't he of their own blood and tribe? Is there a man more famous for having worked miracles of Allah than him? If that was how they treated Isa, son of Maryam, who was given irrefutable signs and aided with spirit of the holiness, it stands to reason that they did the same with other messengers of Allah who came before him as well. Again, you have to understand, we Muslims have no records of prophets or murders. 
As a matter of fact, most Muslims would have not, not even heard of the name Isa, son of Maryam, or Musa, or anyone of the prophets of Bani Israel for that matter, if it wasn't for what Allah told us in Quran. We do not have any evidence of whom they murdered or attempted to murder or gave the lie to. Even this question we ask them is as dictated to us by Allah in this specific ayah. However, we still bear witness that Bani Israel did murder prophets of Allah as we were told in Quran. Chief of, oh, a chief among them is uh, Isa, son of Maryam. No Muslim is a true Muslim unless he testifies to that effect. And don't argue with us though. We only have this Quran. We are in fact reading to you from Quran. Uh, but hey, maybe you can disprove this Quran by bringing a sword of its likeness. Ayah 92 And verily came to you did Musa with the irrefutable signs, and then you took to the calf in his absence, and you were zalimun. And so they will still say, look, we never murdered any prophets of Allah. If a prophet of Allah proved to be so, we were always the picture of obedience. So we come to a very important highlight. Uh, wasn't Musa or Moses, as per the purpose English name, of your blood and clan, didn't he come to you with irrefutable signs? Or was his prophecy also in doubt? Didn't you take to the calf in his absence? Note that these are the exact same words used in episode 8, ayah 51, word for word. So in his mere absence, not death nor desertion, he left you for a mere 40 nights. And you have taken to the calf, and you were Dalimun. You afflicted your souls with darkness, you transgressed. So you do disobey, even when there are prophets you recognize, like you do now with Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, like you did with Isa ibn Maryam, or Jesus, son of Mary, as he is known in English. The moment Musa left you, you turned away from the path of Allah. You were not true to the path of Allah, regardless of who came to you and what signs they brought you. From Musa to Isa, peace and blessings of Allah be upon them both. So don't feed us this lie that you would never lay a finger on a prophet of Allah you can recognize as true, or that you would have ta- accepted this message if it came directly to you. Ayah 93 And as we took covenant yours, and raised above you the tour, take what we gave you with strength, and listen, said they, we hear and disobey and seeped in their hearts the calf for their kufr. Say, pittance is what your faith compels you to, if you were faithful. So, what if they say, look, when we took to the calf, we were alone, uh, Musa was not there to forbid it, he left us too early, and we sent and repented. Isn't that what Allah taught Adam and Hawa? And this ayah is where we get a giant truth bomb. Allah reminds them, Recall back to when Allah raised the Tur mountain above your heads, and you were told, listen. The key word here is listen. They were about to hear their covenant, so they were told, pay attention. You will hear orders. Heed them. And so after they heard the orders, they replied, we hear and we disobey. When they were under the shadow of the Tur mountain, having just passed the parted sea, witnessed who knows how many miracles proving they are in the court of the Almighty Creator of the heaven and the earth, Musa was there telling them what their covenant was, and after they heard it, their first response was, No deal. We will not accept this. They wanted to negotiate down their covenant. We cannot adhere to this covenant. You 
can order us, but we can't obey. What what, what you ask of us is unreasonable. Uh, what did they want to negotiate down? Did they want to worship the deities of other nations? Did they want to negotiate down being absolutely perfect to their parents or the poor or or, tre- or treating the rest of mankind with kindness? They just simply wanted an easier life. So what if they have to murder a few of their own faith or displace them from their homes? Uh, you know, modern societies cannot exist without that. So Allah tells us, the calf seeped in their hearts. The demands of being a shining example for mankind were just too much for them. Couldn't we just do what we did with the calf, you know, perform some rituals, um, uh, splash some ointments and call it a day, or whatever it is they wanted to negotiate in or out of their covenant? So Allah just disarmed their final argument. If you could disobey and try to negotiate at that instant under the shadow of the Tur mountain, then you could give the lie and the sword to Isa ibn Maryam and countless other prophets who tried to move you off that evil path. And you can also lie about this Quran as well. If all those conditions under the shadow of the Tur mountain didn't lead you to immediate and unquestionable acceptance of Allah's message through Musa, you wouldn't have accepted this message from Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon them both. So say to them, Allah commands us, recipients of this message, if you are truly faithful, then your faith compels you to the worst of the worst of deeds and lowest of the low of actions. As a side note not covered in the ayah, in this specific instance, after they tried to negotiate down the covenant, we do not know how Allah responded to their insolence. However, we learned from episode 9, ayah 63, that they eventually accepted their covenant after all. It was when Allah told them, keep it close to heart, heed what's in it. Obviously, something drastic happened when they tried to negotiate, maybe a punishment or something that scared the living daylights out of them, so they accepted quietly. And so Allah told them to keep what they accepted close to heart. And so this is where we come full circle for the content of the last three episodes. Bani Israel are not special. They are like all of us mankind, weak and sinful. Under the shadow of the Tor mountain, they tried to negotiate down their covenant with Allah. They wanted to worship other deities if they so pleased, be less than perfect to parents, society and mankind. They wanted religion as inspired by their calf incident, confined to temples and rituals. Obviously that was not acceptable, so they obeyed for a time. Since then, they slowly and gradually chipped away at their contract. They worshipped other deities beside Allah. They rallied in sin and transgression with the unfaithful against brothers and sisters of their own faith, murdering and displacing them. They had to alter the books in their hands to make them fit with their desires. They replaced the covenant with being saved, chosen, and destined to heaven regardless of what they do. Remember, the hellfire will only touch them for a brief time. They got themselves to the point of being practically illiterate of what's truly in their books. Allah sent them messenger after messenger to ward them off their evil path. Messengers whom they identified and expected. Some messengers they gave the lie to, some they murdered. Until they practically ran out of messengers with their attempt on the life of Isa ibn Maryam. When confronted, they refused to accept this as the truth. Our hearts are pure as the driven snow. They were awaiting this final message, to the point of threatening their enemies with murder once they received it. When the Quran arrived, they recognized it. They refused to submit to the Qur'an because they wanted it to come from their own mouths rather than some Arab man. They thought themselves special enough to disagree with Allah's choice of messenger. If told to hearken to Allah's message, 
They say they can only follow what is bestowed upon them and no one else. Allah thoroughly and completely destroyed their arguments one after the other. They only do so because they are presumptive and proud. They have altered their books to the point they thought themselves saved by virtue of who they are, by being special, by building some temples and performing some rituals. They are not special. They are like all of us mankind, weak and sinful. With that, we come to the end of this episode. Till we meet again, I leave you in the peace and blessings of Allah.